What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio podcast show brought to you by FMF and the Fast House, as well as the collective experience. You can go to fmfracing.com right now and take part in The Drop, uh, a brand new program where you can schedule yourself a package to be delivered to your door uh, every single month with an exclusive t-shirt that nobody else gets. And you get free shipping if you sign up prior to October 31st. That's Halloween this year. And uh, with us on the line, we've got a, a young man who was dressed head to toe. He wore his uh, costume a little bit early this year, about two weeks early. He was dressed like a skeleton this weekend and uh, was able to uh, grab himself a victory. Uh, two, uh, two, actually, two, uh, two in a row, honestly. Uh, this was in the, the premier class this year for Red Bull Straight Rhythm. The 12 in your program used to be 28, more, uh, most people are most familiar with. But that's Shane McElrath. How's it going, Shane? I'm doing really good, really good. Thank you for uh, coming on the show, my friend. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, it's It's been a while since we talked. In fact, I believe the last time we were anywhere near each other, you were uh, wheeling away from me on a mountain bike, uh, leaving me in your dust. Yep, I, I remember that loud and clear. That was uh, a really fun ride. Absolutely. For me, anyways. I, I don't know if it was as fun for you, but... It was a, it was a fun ride. Well, here's the thing, though. I, I'm not. I'm sure you've probably done that ride in in its entirety. I I, fi- I come to find out later on that a lot of you guys uh, split off from the main group and, and did a recovery ride shortly after thereafter. And uh, I completed that uh, that road ride or the mountain bike ride all the way to the top of the luge and down, uh, wearing no helmet and skate shoes. Uh, so yeah, that was um, maybe a little bit more than I thought I was going to bite off and chew. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh one you don't you don't want to go mountain biking in California no. without clips mainly because all the rocks coming down the hills your your feet are just going to slide right off but um number 2 is no helmet. That's that's a big deal too. Yeah, no, just a mesh back uh uh ball cap on on me and I was completely out of my element. Of course, I love riding mountain bikes, but uh I live on the prairies where things are nice and flat. That was not what I had originally signed up for, but either way, I had a blast, and uh, uh, Jake Beneta was uh, my partner in crime, the guy, like, I think he needed me as much yep. as I needed him to get through that, and I know he's yeah. a good friend of yours. <laughs> yep, I actually just spoke to Jake uh, about 30 minutes ago on the phone. That's funny. So, yeah, that's, yep. That's cool. Small world, my friend. Well, uh, let, let's talk a little bit about this weekend, my friend. Brand new number for you and uh, maybe something a little bit also kind of new for you, racing a two-stroke uh, in the premier class. Uh, how does that all come together? Uh, maybe before we talk about the number, talk about the event and everything that leads up to it. How much time did you have on the two fi- or the 300 two-stroke and uh, with the KTM? Those things were absolutely gorgeous. Man, it was uh, it was pretty nerve wracking leading up to it. I was very nervous because one, I haven't ever ridden a two fifty two stroke, um, really more than just a buddy's or yeah, booting around, like putting a few laps on it. And we uh, we've had we had our bikes 
built for probably about a week and a half before the race. And, uh, they just, we've been focusing on testing, uh, for this year. So that's kind of been our main priority. And it's like, okay, well guys, like we kind of need to ride these bikes. Um, so Wednesday afternoon, we, uh, we got to put about 20 minutes on them, uh, first time on Supercross and, uh, man, I'm telling you, it was, it was weird. It was scary. It was everything, but good, I would say. And, uh, so I didn't feel very good on it and well, I would say I felt okay on it. Just, uh, I would have liked to have more time and then, yeah. um, so then Thursday we go, uh, and do like the open practice thing at straight rhythm. And I really didn't feel good there because now we're on a new track that we don't know. We got to learn to jump these things and they've got a lot of power, more power than our bikes. And also the suspension, we just took off my bike and put it on there. And so it, it was just a big, big difference. And then Saturday we show up and we, we race it as hard as we can. And, um, it was really nerve wracking because I was just worried, worried that I, I wouldn't know what to do in some situations, but, um, I actually got pretty comfortable on it. And throughout the day, it, it, uh, each, each run got better and better. And that was something that I was really just trying to do because, um, I still didn't feel very good on it, but I, uh, I, I was kind of impressed with myself just with how I adapted to it. I never really um expected to win it, but I I never thought that I couldn't. I was just like, okay, well I just I need to do something big and it just kept coming around for me all day, but uh man, it's such a fun event and I don't know that I would like to do it on a two stroke again just because it's a lot of it's just so different. a lot of nerves, a lot of uh, yeah, just so different, and having to ride the bikes different and and everything. But um, it's such a fun event, and it's like a part of the off season, and really no stress. Well, for the team, but I mean, we when we line up every time, we we want to win, and uh, so I mean, it's just a fun fun event for everybody to come hang out and. Uh, fairly stress-free uh not really too much going on during the day we have uh, a lot of downtime so uh it's a really fun event absolutely and and perhaps uh if you were on a uh, on a familiar four-stroke you'd probably be even less uh it'd be even more stress-free for you um because actually i was thinking about that just now as you're talking is that like for a guy like myself or guys like uh like guys that have raced years ago Two strokes are a bit of a nostalgia thing because uh, we raced them as, as big bikes. Uh, but the, the last time you would have seriously raced a two-stroke would have been uh, a super mini uh, uh, at some point, I imagine. Uh, I don't even know if maybe you raced uh, 150. Like you're old enough to have just raced the 150 as well. So uh, I'm not entirely sure about that. But it's um, like, yeah, like uh, obviously the bikes look cool. They sound cool. The pipe's awesome. FMF uh, built you guys some really, really trick-looking pipes. Um, but yeah, a complete departure from your normal, uh, just what your normal setup is. And on top of the fact that you still have to go breakneck speeds and hopefully uh, not uh, derail a, uh, a, 
a preparation for, I assume, you'd, you'd be wanting to race West Coast Supercross in the 250 class this year. So uh, um, it, it's the, the pressure of, of not wanting to get hurt, but also you don't want to get beat. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, we don't, we don't line up with uh, first place tro- trophy and some prize money on the line and uh, just go have fun. I mean, uh, we, we race to win every time and um it it's funny because that it was so much different like the engine braking and everything and yeah i did ride 125s a lot growing up and uh i raced i raced schoolboy on a 125 and stuff but that's been uh heck seven seven or eight years ago so it's uh it's been a while but then um it was funny because the thursday when we did the open practice thing there uh we didn't do we didn't really do any starts because we were just rolling through the start and uh i'm just going on my first run just cruising like hit the double uh before the first speed check and i'm just like slowing down to go and like roll over the speed check and uh that next transition was pretty close well there's no engine braking on a two stroke. So no. I was just like, okay, well I'll slow down and I'll scrub a little bit. And well, I skied off the first speed check and faced into the next jump and I wasn't even on the gas at all. And I was like, Oh no, you gotta oh, be kidding me. Man. So I was, I was like, all right, I got to figure something out here. Plus, and, You didn't look cool either. Um, yeah. And, uh, well then on Saturday we go up for our first practice and, I still haven't done a start on one of these things. And so I set my whole shot button and I go for my first run and I take off like normal. Well, when, when the power band hit, it like stood up going off of the, the mesh, like off the drop off. Yeah. And I straight up like boner aired all the, but I, I jumped way far off of the, uh, off of the, um, starting box. So I like landed way in the bottom, but I was also like almost straight up and down. And I'm like, dude, this is, this is weird. Uh, um, if I'm not looking like a fool, I'm going to get hurt. Like it's, it was, uh, it was a pretty, I was laughing at myself cause I'm like, dude, Shane, you gotta, you gotta figure this out. But it, uh, it was a, a big learning experience all throughout the day. Fair enough. Well, a slice of humble pie for a guy who ends up winning the damn event. I think you had people fooled by the end of the night that you that uh, you say you weren't feeling comfortable, but I'm sure those in the stands and those worldwide who watched the uh, the feed probably thinking that uh, you're more than at home on these things. Amazing to hear that you say that you weren't comfortable, given the fact of how fast you were able to go on them. Um, was there anything about the two-stroke that you did enjoy as far as just the characteristics of it? Obviously, uh, doing the... the uh, mean boner air every other jump isn't ideal but uh um once you kind of got that uh, like the the trajectory and and realizing that you probably have to stamp on the rear brake a whole lot more often than you would have otherwise uh were you able to kind of like start to enjoy it a little bit and maybe uh, uh maybe this is something that you might play around with more often um i don't know that i would like to play around on it but it uh it was cool just because like I said, there was no engine braking. So a lot of the tighter sections, I could almost like rev it in the air and then let off to go through some of the transitions. And, uh, I could push through them because I wasn't really slowing down. Yeah. And so that's, that's what was cool. And also like the weight difference, 
um, it was almost like too easy to scrub. Uh, and there was like the tunnel jump before, like the, uh, after one of the speed checks, there was like a double and then like the tunnel jump that was pretty big that people were whipping it off of. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, it was almost like you would just lean over a little bit and it would just like almost scrub for itself. Like it would fling itself out. And, uh, I actually drug foot pegs on that a couple of times on accident. And I'm like, okay, Shane, settle, settle down. You don't yeah. have to, to, to go that hard and um but yeah it, it was cool because like just working the bikes and the rhythms uh was a lot easier and also sometimes i could be off the throttle going through the rhythms on the ground because uh i had so much momentum and the engine wasn't slowing itself down so it it did have a lot of uh a lot of positives and just uh helped me with being smooth and having to learn how to ride a different type of power and more power at that. So it, uh, each year I learn a lot at that race. And so, um, that's one of the main reasons I enjoy doing it, but it, uh, there's no corners, but it really kind of helps with bike setup and, uh, yeah, just a little bit of everything. For sure. And you, you come away with the victory and, uh, and then everyone's happy when they, when they get to win. Uh, racing against guys like Ryan Villapoto, Ryan Dungey, two guys that I don't believe you uh, would have squared off against at all unless maybe at a Monster Energy Cup or over at some point. Um, what was it, what yeah. was it like uh, dicing it up with those guys? Honestly, it, it was really cool. I, uh, I was really nervous to race Jordan Smith just because um not friends i know well we're good friends but we hate getting beat one and we hate getting beat by each other um and so then uh like i was really nervous to race him but then uh like i made it to the finals and i was like well shoot i mean this is this is like really cool like i'm I'm kind of contempt with second, like I get to race Ryan Dungey, but at the same time, it's like, I, I was like, but I still think that I can win this thing. Like I, I, well, I would like to think I can beat Dungey, yeah. but I'm going to, I'm going to go out and just try my best because I mean, he's Ryan Dungey. Like maybe I can beat him, but I really had no idea. And, uh, then I got the, the right lane. He picked the left lane first and the right lane was a little better in places. And, uh, and he gave me the right lane first and I was like, okay, cool. And I ended up beating him the first run, which I didn't expect to do. I was like, okay, well, I, I assumed he was going to pick the right lane because it was a little better. And then I was going to have to get in the left lane and he was probably going to beat me. And then it's like, okay, well, if that's the case, I'm just going to have to really really hang it out uh the second two runs and uh if i want a shot at this but um yeah it it just kind of fell in place and worked out in favor of me and uh after we had both won or won one i got i got lane choice and i picked the right lane and i was like all right well uh i mean i think i can do this but i'm gonna have to do everything i can here and be as good as I can. And, uh, and I ended up doing that and it was my fastest run of the day. And, and then I was like, dang, dude, I, I couldn't really believe it. It's like, 
this is the guy that I've always looked up to. And it just, it was so cool and such an unreal feeling. Like it, it's straight rhythm, but we were all on two strokes. We're all a little out of our comfort zone. And, um, I mean, it just, it was something crazy. That it was. And, uh, number of videos that have been posted strictly of that final section with the whoops is uh, kind of unheard of uh, with the like through Instagram right now. Uh, how how much of how cool is it to hear that bike barking underneath you as you're going through the the whoops? Probably not something you've had the pleasure of uh, hearing and uh, in in quite some time. Uh, and to be on a a finely tuned two stroke that uh, like you you guys dance across those things better than basically anybody in the world. Uh, what was that like for you? That that's what was really cool. I really like whoops, and uh, just to have those at the end and to it, but it almost was kind of bad in a sense because, like, people want to hear the two-stroke. You want to hear the two-stroke, yes. like, just, like, wrap, wrapped out going through there. and um, But that's not really something that's, a, I guess, a good habit to have um, because we hit a lot of whoop sections, and we kind of need to be the exact opposite. We kind of need to be easy on the throttle and, and work the throttle, so... Um, but I, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty good in the woods and it's one of my strong points. And so with that, I, uh, I didn't really get too caught up in it, but it was, it was cool just like hanging on to it and just hear it, hearing it every time going through there and just knowing like, man, this is sick. And then straight <laughs> into the finish. Yeah. Well, man, like this gives you chills. Uh, and, uh, speaking of chills, bone chills, uh, some interesting looking gear on you. Uh, the skeleton uh, gear, I think, I guess like you could probably just have them redo that makeup that they put on you earlier on in the week and uh, you can just go up for Halloween just like that. Yes, no? Yeah, my uh, my wife actually did that makeup for uh, Jordan awesome. and I. And it, she did a really good job and it was, it was really cool because uh, she's kind of licensed in that, um, but she doesn't get to do it that often. But everybody was just talking about, dude, where can I get that gear? Like, when is that gear going to be for sale and this and that? And, um, but it, I mean, it's something that's different, but everybody loved it. And that's what was really cool about it. Um, then with, with our helmets, um, like one off helmets that we were rocking the fin that the fin. nobody's seen oh, yeah. in a long time. Yeah. And I, I told Troy after that, I, I was dig like, the dude, fin. I want to I want to run the fin all year. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, you and, do. Uh, yeah. Do, do you want to run the little foam balls though? I want to know about the little foam. No, no. <laughs> that the the dingle doos. I don't I don't really care for the dingle doos, but no. okay. um, I'll run the fin Me either. But I I actually didn't see them right yeah. away. I'm like, oh, those things are on there. Like it kind of ruined the whole yeah thing for me but I, I yeah the the paint job the two-tone paint job the fin it was all perfect went with the gear and yeah. uh on top of that a very special jersey first time you competing with the number 12 of course we've seen that with uh david yeah. villeman for a long time he had some success with it and then jake weimer for uh i think oh, damn near a decade ran that number um Tell me a little bit about uh, getting that number. I'm sure you had to talk to Jake about it, uh, given the fact that I think it, he didn't technically have to give it up this year, or maybe he did. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. 
Yeah, that uh, I'm really excited about the number twelve. It uh, it kind of came about last minute. I mean, I was kind of dead set on uh, on number twenty four because that was really what I thought was available and what uh was the lowest. But um, thank you. But then when I think it was the AMA guy called me, uh or the day before the AMA guy called me, he was like, Hey, um, or TK reached out to me. He's like, Hey, so what number do you want to be? And he's like, 12 is available. 23 is available and 24. And they had, uh, the guys at TLD had actually drawn up, um, each number and like Photoshopped it on a picture of our bike. And I got to see all of them. And then I was like, I texted my mechanic and said, what, uh, what number do you think we should do? And he texted me and said, the lower, the better. And so I picked number 12 and then, uh, it's growing on me. I really, I really like it and it's really growing on me and I'm, I'm really excited about it. Oh, it looks sharp. Uh, when I first saw you, you were going to grab that number. I just thinking to myself that there's, uh, there's so many historic guys that have ran 12. It's been just a really cool number. I think it looks good on a bike. I think it looks like it's a, it's a fast looking number. Uh, 24 as well looks, is a fast looking number, but, uh, I, I think you went, uh, like lowest, the better, honestly, like, uh, um, like that's that's what you that's what you want, right? You want to be able to to run the absolute lowest number that you can, and uh, twelve would be it for you. Uh, heading into what will likely be your last year uh, on a two fifty F, unless uh, unless like for some run, run, un, unforeseen reason that doesn't go that way. Um, and so in in October, do we know which coast you're racing? Of course we don't. But uh, I, if I had to predict, I'd uh, I'd like to expect you to be racing uh, on the west coast. Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of our plan. I mean, we, uh, um, even the guys who race East coast and myself included is we all prepare to be ready for a one because bottom line is anything can happen uh, to anybody. So we don't, we don't want to have some people get injured and then, um, then we don't have anybody ready to race West coast. And so, um, we all shoot to be ready for a one. Um, and I, I kind of plan on doing the West coast unless something happens, but, uh, yeah, like you said, this could be my last year, um, should be my last year in the 250 class. And I, I really need to, uh, take care of some unfinished business and really need to have a big year. For sure, a, a guy that's uh, held at least a, a share of the points lead over the last two seasons. Um, like uh, you're, you're a pretty honest guy. You, you look at yourself pretty analytically, and I think you you're uh, can can kind of kind of step outside the situation and, and see where uh, Shane McElrath needs to improve for 2019. So I ask you that: what is uh, what needs to happen for Shane McElrath to grab the red plate 2019 and keep it? right through to the final round. Um, yeah, we're, uh, we're always working on speed and speed, uh, comes with experience and, um, same thing with consistency. That's, that's kind of been my weak point. Um, the last two years is, uh, in the lights class, we have anywhere between eight and 10 supercrosses each year. And I can't have a DNF or a 15th or, 
even a tenth once because that that can really hurt me. And uh, so this year, I I need to be really consistent. I need to be strong. I need to be fit, and um, even more so than years before because I wanna I wanna make a statement all throughout Supercross and then going into outdoors. Um, and I don't want to leave anything on the table. Well, there you go, my friend. And, and honestly, at your your current uh, your age, and you've been doing this for quite some time in the 250 class. Uh, I see a lot of parallels between yourself and uh, Marvin Muscat. His last, uh, what would have been his last year in, in the the 250 class. Uh, a little older, a little stronger, a little faster, and a little bit more consistent. What that added up to was a pretty dominant performance in Supercross that season. Uh, I can candidly say that uh, that's fully what I expect from you in 2019. No, no pressure, but uh, the, honestly, I, th- I yeah. think that's that, that's what you're, you, you've positioned yourself to be able to pull off this year, and uh, um, obviously that adds some pressure, but it's also an exciting year for you. Yeah, that's like you said, we um, as riders, we have high expectations for ourselves, and um, whether we have to make ourselves believe it, uh, even if we can't do it or not. I mean, that's something that, uh, being on a factory team, that's, that's expectations that we have for ourselves and for our team. And so, um, like you said, I, I expect myself to do big things. Um, but bottom line is all I can do is is show up and give my very best and um there's things that that i can't control so um that's that's what i'm focusing on is uh just doing my very best uh each time i I line up and i really think i have a good shot as do i my friend and uh i i not only do you you're gonna put in your best i wish you the best in your preparation for 2019 i'm sure we'll talk again before uh the gate drops in anaheim whether you're on it or not uh but uh, like you said that's the plan going forward um there's there'll be there will be a boot camp there will be sprint laps there will be tw- uh 15 lap or a f- 15 minute mains uh in your future and uh and likely once january hits there will be uh some some, some laps being led. You always seem to come out uh, the first triple round swinging. So uh, I really appreciate you, you making some time for us. The 2018 Red Bull Straight Rhythm Champion holding the uh, trophy high above your head. Now, I was going to say, if you felt the uncomfortable uh, out there, imagine how, how uncomfortable the guys that finished behind you must have felt. Because uh, if you weren't feeling comfy, then those guys must have really been sweating. Yeah, that's... Uh, I. Well, it was nice to see people like always kind of running down the side of the track, like clearing their bike out and always revving it and always kind of tweaking things. And um, even Dungey, like uh, on his interview after the race, he was saying he was a little nervous and he he even heard me say I was nervous. And um, so, like I said, I mean, we were all um, equally equipped and um, all a little out of our comfort zone. And uh I'm I'm just really excited about uh just how I was able to adapt and to to learn because that's huge when we go to new tracks, when we go to each race on the weekends, everything's um a little different. So um that's also something to take away and uh like I said, there there's a lot to learn at a race like that. 
Awesome, my friend. Well, I really appreciate the time today. Uh, it sounds like you also got your car washed at the same time. But uh, um, always a pleasure to chat with you, my friend. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast's sake, we'll cut it off right there.